Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Overview Effect with James Perrin, the podcast where I sit down with innovative and influential thinkers and we talk big picture. We talk about different ways of seeing the world. And, you know, if you're digging the show, whether this is your first episode or whether you've listened to a few, you know what I'd really love is I'd really love some feedback. So, you know, whether you want to hop on and leave a a review, I think you can do it on Apple Podcasts, maybe not Spotify, leave a review or subscribe or give me a like or a comment or a share on Instagram or even just message me and say, hey, this is, I think you could do this better or what about this guest? I'd really love some feedback from the people listening to the show. I've been doing it for a bit over a year now, so um, I'm just really grateful that I've got this opportunity to speak with these incredible people, so I'd love to hear from you. Now, in today's episode with today's guest, we talk a lot about place and connection to place. And before I dive into the episode, I just want to acknowledge that. And I want to look around, as I look around the places that I live and work, I just think about what it must have been like here in Australia just a couple of hundred years ago. You know, in a microsecond, in a blip in the time of humanity, everything has changed. And I just think about the incredible connection to place and country that our First Nations people have. And I just want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that my guest and I gathered to record this conversation on a Rockwell country in Bunjalung Nation. I want to pay respects to members of the Bunjalung community and acknowledge the significance and specialness of this place. You know, when we think about our homes and how central they are to our very existence, like our lives literally revolve around our homes, which is our form of shelter, you would think that we would place the absolute utmost importance and sacredness in both the land and the buildings. Yet increasingly, we continue to develop these new structures that we don't necessarily need without consideration of the natural landscape and conditions using mass-produced materials from all over the world that are literally making us sick. And then any issues that do pop up in our buildings, we just band-aid with technology like aircon or lighting or fencing. You know, and, and here in Australia, we're in the middle of a housing crisis, right, where less and less people are able to find, even rent, let alone actually own a home. Yet we have the biggest homes in the world with more space than we could ever need. We've got this combination of cheap loans which means people are maximizing their mortgages just because they can, so they're buying to a budget rather than buying to a need, and cheap homes made from destructive materials with a lot of dead space, which leads to these massive social issues and tons of environmental destruction. See, the building and housing industry is just such a prime example of how off-track big business is taking us. It's making people want more than they need, then through industrialization, commoditization, and standardization, the big global businesses have all of the supply chain, they've got massive marketing budgets, they've got a stranglehold on the industry, such that any alternative, local, sustainable community methods of building are just so hard to come by, so most of us either don't know or don't bother to go and find out, because it's just too hard. I could go on. This rant could seriously go on for much longer, but I'm going to introduce you to one person who is turning the tide. He's an architect and co-founder of a building company that is completely changing the way that we look at shelter, both through natural and appropriate design, as well as the use of local and natural materials, particularly hempcrete. 
Yes, hempcrete. That is concrete made from hemp, which has these unbelievable, unbelievable benefits for both human health and environmental health. And when you hear about it, you will just wonder why we are not using this everywhere. Okay, so this conversation, this is more than just about building a house. This is a conversation about questioning the status quo. It's a conversation about educating ourselves and each other about alternative ways of living outside of the norm and how that has a ripple effect in every other area of our life. Please enjoy this conversation with architect and building entrepreneur, co-founder of Balanced Earth Building, Michael Long. Here we are, Michael. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, James. Nice to be here. Pleasure, oh, pleasure, pleasure, and thank you for having me here. Like in Sky Farms, this is the studio, right? Yeah. Like, I've seen Sky Farm on social media. Is that your house? Yeah. So this is Sky Farm 2.0. Yeah. Um, first one that we did was six years ago when we started the business. Um, that's the project that really collaborated our process and the three directors together. Luke Rencher, who's a kind of avant-garde Byron local surfer builder with um, Toure Schmidt, who's a hardcore German tradesman, carpenter builder, and then myself, a kind of architect who's roamed around and found himself in Byron Bay. <laughs> awesome. So you guys got together, decided, hey, we're going to build a house out of hemp. <laughs> well, it kind of, it just like all these things when you kind of Byron Bay, they just kind of happen. Mm. Um, we were renting... You know, did the big move from the corporate end of uh, high-profile end in WA, working for Twiggy Forest. Came here, unloaded all the suits and leather shoes into the wardrobes made of laminate. Six months sitting on a hammock trying to work out what I was going to do next. Meanwhile, everything's going mouldy. Meanwhile, everything's too hot. Um, Everything, the house is sweating. Um, And just previous to that, my wife's father had died of asbestos. And so my wife had been studying building biology and we bought this land that had been on the market for seven years and set about building a quick, simple shed that we could live in um, to then plan the master house. And um, as we were building, she was like, you can't use that. That's got formaldehyde in. You can't use that. That's, that's, that'll attract mold. That'll. And so it was a, a lot of questioning of building materials as we were going through this organic process of building ourselves our first little shack on this property. And um, we understood what we couldn't use, but finding the solutions was harder. And then popped up hemp buildings and materials and building biologists and people suggesting things, which led us down the path of an incredible amount of recycled timber and a lot of um, recycled building materials um, and hemp being the wonder product. Yeah, wow. And this was the first test project. First test project down the bottom. Yeah, we lived in there 60 square meters for four and a half years. My wife, two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of movies made and docos made. People popped up. I mean, technically, it's an illegal rural shed. <laughs> so uh, 12 months later, council gave us a uh, award for a tiny home, um, even though it was a rural shed. And um, since that, the kind of this area has embraced what we've been doing here mm. um and 
it was definitely the catalyst for us in terms of learning the kit of materials that were going to make a difference mm. to the people mainly who lived in it, but also realizing that that's, that's coupled with the environment. Mm. Um, and then once you've lived in a hemp house for a period of time, you understand how different it is. Awesome. Love it. And I want to talk about hemp and all the benefits that um, soon, but just to go back a step, and you might have already described it. So this this concept of this show is called the overview effect, which is based on this experience that astronauts have when they shoot off into space. Right. They see Earth from a distance and they have this kind of mind-altering perspective of seeing our Earth at a distance. And yep. they kind of quite often come back to Earth really connected to nature or humanity or community or whatever it is. So was that a bit of a kind of perception-altering moment for you going through that whole process? Yeah, I guess the awakening process started for me probably when my wife's father died. He was an architect, worked at Hassel Architects in Sydney for 25 years. Um, Watching him die in his hospital bed and watching James Hardy negotiate the process on the way out. He was only 54 um, and his father had been an architect. He was an architect and my, my wife had obviously chosen to marry an architect as well. And so there's three generations of this kind of story there and... Um, watching his lungs give in to asbestos and Hardy's hold out till the day of his passing wow. to finally negotiate to reduce it down to 1.5 million payout on the day on the day you know sign this he's trying to preserve his family's future one eye on exiting the the world as we know it and um, but at the same time trying to secure something for his family and I just thought it was ruthless and understanding through that court case submission that he put together that they premeditated this for a long time, decade or two, knew the damage it was doing, but realized the payoff was too big. And even if they were paying out court cases for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, they would recover. And so it was a commercial decision. And I was like, that can't be. I mean, we still specify James Hardy products. They're great products. But I can't believe a commercial decision was made on building materials unknown to kill people but continue to sell them into market mm. as if builders carpenters tradesmen don't really matter and then an architect who's actually building his own father's house contracts it from just sawing the material and taking him ingestion wow. into his lungs that was an awakening moment of really this is the industry i'm in and these are what people do and this is normal practice and then you get an opportunity to choose with your money where to place that as many things in this world are changing, um, the impact that we can make with our spend and our choices and how that can have a positive impact became very relevant for me and was probably that awakening moment. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's there's a lot. There's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there. And I guess that kind of leads me into the, the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is the specifics of the building industry. Because, I mean, humans, we've been building shelter yeah. forever for thousands and thousands of years yeah and i'd love to get your perspectives because so many industries as we know have been industrialized and commoditized and standardized over the years Mm. and from someone who doesn't know much about the building industry and outsider looking in it seems the same has happened in the building industry yeah what would you say what's your perspective on i guess the industrial building industry and the way that it's Um, what's happened in recent times and the way in which it maybe continues to still head. Yeah. So one thing I noticed that we we do a lot of is we're buying 
global products to build local houses here in in Australia and especially in Byron Bay. You know, we've got sheets of ply from all over the world. We've got sheets of gyp rock made in China, mined from various age, various locations. And I'm seeing the impact that the globalization is having on the building materials. And then you're bringing it all to a site and then all your young carpenters and apprentices are putting it together. Um, and that when you look at the carbon uh, impact of that and you look at the uh, embodied energy in that, mm. it starts to dig a long way into the problems that we've got on this planet. 40% of the carbon issues on this planet are f- impacted by the construction and housing industry. Wow. Um, we really feel a responsibility to provide solutions to try and backward that trend. And um, using hemp as a carbon negative material in comparison to a regular system, which is timber frame, um, gyp rock from CSR, big global company, Dulux painted internally and externally, borrow um, timber cladding boards with some kind of fiberglass insulation that's cooked in formaldehyde giant vats in Asia, mass produced at seven, eight bucks a, a square meter, and then some kind of building wrap, breathable or non breathable hard for people to tell usually made by dupont actually one of the largest petrochemical companies in the world and you compare that to a locally grown sustainable carbon negative you know low impact material and once you've seen those two options it just doesn't make sense Mm. that we keep building things locally with mass-produced global products that are harming the planet yeah when there's an alternative sitting right in front of us in the paddock why is it though is it just price is it um, unfamiliarity what, yeah. what, why do we continue down this path we all thought it was price mm. but you have to be creative and smart about how you can solve that one so the building industry is 60% labour 40% materials so if you can get your head around a different model of labour and so we run workshops and we have volunteers we've got a team of people if we did a hemp build tomorrow we could probably get 20 people on here um my own house down there we built all of the hemp walls in four days 17 volunteers mostly architect students mostly females some carpenters and a couple of builders and some future clients um all mucked in for four days on the mixer we had loads of fun took them to see some of the balanced earth projects we've been doing and inspired them into a new way of building and we were done with all the walls in four days it was mm. phenomenal so the labor component was saved in an exchange and such a great community vibe it's incredible um and so the the cost impact isn't the decision maker i think people get lazy it's easy to order mass produced plus they've been marketing in our building industry for the last 30 40 years and people don't know any different Mm. you know it's education like most things yeah i think that's a good point and i'm actually personally guilty of this so my partner and i built a small house 60 square meters as well with two young kids um it's a challenge sometimes (laughs) good luck (laughs) um but we we didn't know what we were doing we hired a builder um and he just kind of went this is the way this is what you do this is your options yeah these this is what's available and we ended up going with exactly as you say treated pine frame do you know i was there when the plumbers and electricians were roughing in and drilling all the holes in the treated pine and there's dust going everywhere and i got so sick afterwards i actually got like a quite a severe like allergic reaction tongue and lips and everything i had to go and take antihistamines yeah um and we just didn't know what we didn't know 
Yeah. You know, and 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 there's a big part of just the that's the the tentacles of the yeah. building industry have just led us down that path. And we tried to be as involved as we could and it, let alone people that just buy off a plan and go yeah. that's what I want, give me the keys. Yeah. Yeah. It's mental, hey. We're always looking for a simple solution. Um a more uh, a more creative solution is generally a bit harder. Um there's a perceived sense that it might cost more. But the benefits are it's 100 times better. So once mm. you've done it once, it's really easy. I think it was really important for us at Balanced Earth to get a few runs on the board. And that first little house down there was great because people could come and see it, mm. touch it, smell it, look at it, what it cost. And there was a tangible, oh, so I could do that, but then change a few things here and make it bigger. Um, people could see it. And on we used to do Sustainable Open Day every year. And we must have had hundreds and hundreds of people through there. Mm. I mean... Um, became a bit of a showcase a bit painful sometimes but it was really important to educate and for people to see it and once they could see it they're like well, what's wrong with it and you go look around you go well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it's just the messaging out there in the industry yeah it's all marketing there's not many hemp growers who have a hundred million dollar marketing budget <laughs> you know so platforms like this social media yeah the work that we do at balanced earth is about not necessarily we haven't set ourselves on building building two and three million dollar hemp houses as what we want to achieve we see that as an opportunity to um connect with more and more um potential clients out there if they can see a beautifully designed architectural hemp house it's accessible it gets instagram hits people are excited about it everyone wants one that's how you can really make change in that social media space or use it for positive influence, I believe. Mm. So, and that just started happening naturally and we've gone on a massive journey and it's been really good fun and I think we hit the market at the right time and, you know, just feel pretty blessed that it's folded uh, folded out this way. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, and you guys, you're right, you have like right place, right time, right ethos, everything and I can just see how, I'm very optimistic about this direction for your industry. And so let's talk about just a little bit about the, practicalities of hemp then yeah so what are the benefits of hemp apart from it just being natural and locally sourced i mean well firstly why is that important but what are some of the other benefits yeah so i guess that's important because it's low embodied energy low freight costs um i mean one of the biggest issues just in hemp in australia is the freighting to get it from the growing co-ops down in south australia to here there's a lot of carbon involved in that so we have a long-term vision of paddock to place. If I could grow it in that field, chop it, process it, build it into the into the walls that are on that property, that's the dream. Mm. It's right there and possible to do. It just needs a little bit more financial support from machinery and, and processing. But um, So the benefits of hemp are, I mean, the first one would be that it's carbon negative. That's a major, a major um, benefit and a reason that we use it a lot. It's the largest sequester of carbon plant on the planet as it's growing. Really? That, that and bamboo, they suck up. The, they've so far, they grow so far, you get three crops off in a year. Wow. So it sequesters a lot of carbon as it's growing, so it's cleaning the air. 
Um, you don't need any chemicals to grow it, no fertilizers. Mm. I mean, we grew some around the corner and we just put it in. And before we knew it, we had four meter high hemp, hemp um, plants growing everywhere and we couldn't stop them. In fact, I think it's used as a soil remediation plant. It is, yeah. In area, like even in Chernobyl, I think I've yeah. heard that they've planted it there. To it try is. To so it cleans the soil, cleans the air. It also gives you greater um, harvest yields if you do it in between barley crop and, mm. and other, other crops. Um, so you get a 20 to 30% increase in yield. Um, it's also flame resistant. So I mm-hmm. believe you get up to a flame zone category um, testing. Uh, it's not been done in this country. I think we can get up to about 40 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's flame resistant, which is perfect for the current conditions that we're finding here. Acoustics are amazing. Insulation levels are really high. It's termite resistant. Um, it's rodent resistant. Um, it's light, it's easy to use, you just put it in a bucket and chuck it in the walls and you've got, you know, an architectural rustic wall before your hands. It's like, it's a no-brainer. Why, so why aren't, why isn't everyone using it then? Yeah. I mean, that's the most commonly asked question uh, and the other one is durability. Um, most people aren't using it because I guess it's a bit, um, bit scary, you know, it's mm. different. Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing to take a little bit of a, a, a jump in your mind to build your walls out of hemp mm-hmm. um, but once we get in front of a client and they can explain the benefits and show them other properties they're just it's it's a no-brainer yeah. decision you need that example and that that um, that that prototype to be able to test out and and ask clients how does it last how does it maintain how much does it cost um, I think it's just lack of education it's going off in France it's going off in America Canada um, France have been doing it since the 80s and 90s. England, there's thousands and thousands of buildings. There's a book coming out soon that's got the most hundred influential hemp buildings in the world, and there's four-story hotels in there in Europe. Wow. So it's been around for a while. It just doesn't get much marketing. Yeah. Um, wow. As the world changes, and I think coming out of Byron Bay, there's definitely uh, an ear out listening to kind of what we're doing and what can be done. Mm. Um so I think people use it because they're a bit scared. Um, people don't know about it, and that hence are, are really trying to focus in the educational and, and kind of mm. spreading images throughout social media so people can see that it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, and it looks amazing. It does look amazing, and it's like it's actually great as a podcast studio because you're right. It's yeah, it's quiet. good acoustics. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so like building materials and hemp is one thing. Yeah, and I know. And and obviously critically important that we are changing the materials with which we are building homes with. Yeah. However, I also know that you're an architect. Yeah. And it's not just well, let's replace a big dead space, poorly designed house with this material with that material. Also important yeah. is just the way in which we're building houses. You know, one yeah. thing that I'm fascinated with is well, that again, the very little experience I've had with building is, and you see it with um these commercial expansions with you know cookie cutter homes there's no thought as to orientation as to size they seem to just go boundary to boundary how do we just take up as much floor space as we can like is is this a trend that's getting worse in the architectural and design Mm. industry what is this what's at play here i guess in the spec home industry there's not much architectural and master planning thought gone into it Mm. We really pride ourselves on passive solar design. 
That's different to passive house that exists in Europe. But passive solar design is really using those principles of the natural environment. You know, the rising sun, the sunsets, the the lower winter sun angles, um, the highest sun angles throughout summer, the need for cross ventilation in the right places, capturing those breezes. So um, the first thing, you know, most architects would do is do a site analysis. Where is the wind coming from? Where is the sun? Where's the view? Where's the light coming from? Mm. Um, a lot of that skipped with spec homes. They've just got a cookie, cookie cutter. They know what it costs. They drop it on the site in the most cost-effective, efficient way possible. The driveway is the shortest distance. Usually that. Sometimes your garage is facing north because it's the, in the prime location because it's closest to the road. But there's no creativity in thinking in, in doing it that way. It's cookie cutter. Um, mm. Once you've built yourself, that's an amazing experience to go through and even to sit in a house in winter that's facing south and go, hang on, it's freezing cold every time I wake up, it's a bit damp on this side, oh, there's a bit of mould in that corner, why is that? Once you start to do it right, you kind of can sit in the winter sun, um, just capture through the right window in the right location and it's incredible difference that space makes mm. so different and all it's needed is a bit of thought a little bit of planning and with 3d modeling these days we can drop it onto any site look at the sun study any time of the year and it can show you how the light penetrates and what we're finding we're drawing clients with um allergies and uh sensitivities and a lot of chronic fatigue and they're realizing a healthy building is what's going to make their life different from wow. then onwards and you know, I've had clients come to us and just cry and say, I can't believe you care about this stuff. I can't be- this is incredible, someone who cares about it. You know, we want it to look great and, you know, and, 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 and look wonderful in terms of design, but it's more important that it works well. Yeah. Throughout the year, you're getting sun onto your mattress at the right time, your bathroom's getting cross-ventilation and the light, sun comes in at some point of the day and dries all that, all that moisture. Just all thinking about all of that stuff. And once mm-hmm. you've lived here and built and done a few houses... It's kind of second nature. Well, it's it's very symbolic of a much broader theme that permeates, I think, the majority of society, which is this disconnection for, or separation from nature. Yeah. Do you know, like the idea that we build a house as big as we can mm. just because we can. We yeah. don't actually think about what we need. We just how many mm. houses have just dead space. Mm. Um, but then any problems with light or heat or whatever are just mm. band-aided by here's yeah, aircon, air here's yeah. some unnatural lighting, mm. here's some, I don't know, fencing or blinds or whatever yeah. it is. So this idea that we can just band-aid our problems, mm. it's it's very this for me it, there's a real it's really analogous to yeah. like our I don't know, just our concept of being disconnected from nature as humans. Yeah. You know, and so I think the building industry has a really exciting role to play in reconnecting people yeah. with the world around them sure because people spend the majority of their lives in their home yeah especially in recent times yeah um so just to understand those concepts yeah for me it's like if we do that and we understand okay well i i and my house and my shelter is part of this natural system Mm. then that kind of opens a doorway perhaps Mm. to what other parts of nature am i disconnected from very true yeah have you found that in your i have and i mean the journey started you know, years ago, we were always eating organic food, washing our hair with organic soaps and and, and then realizing that a lot of the rental houses and a lot of the buildings we were, we were in were, you know, toxic mold boxes. We were even designing for many years, you know, 
reconstituted stone benches and you know putting them in hotels and projects and then they'd be shut for days and you'd go in there and you could smell the off-gassing of the materials um and and so as you start awakening to organic materials you start awakening to a different way of living a little bit more in touch with nature you start noticing all those areas that you're not Mm. and then we all take our houses for granted we just assume that that's the way they have to be done and then you go into a space that's well designed and you can see the morning sun coming in and it wakes you up at the right time and you feel like going out to the east and you feel like having a meditation and but you can also hide from that western sun and there's a little courtyard and so you start noticing spaces that are well um well in tune with nature um and once you've discovered those spaces you realize any of the spaces in the things you design and build can be a much better relationship to nature so when you're considering them on the plan and in the design you're immediately looking to make every space as as uh as natural as it can be Mm. and as you know open and airy and um connected to nature um the more we and we can see it the more we're disconnected from that the more unhealthier we are as mental beings on this on this journey so um, and having lived on a property like this where you're just open to it, you know, you just spot things all the time that you never noticed before. And then you kind of wonder what else you haven't noticed before and you become more conscious. And I think keeping people connected to the landscape and nature in our designs and our spaces is a really important feature that helps people feel great in them mm. and more balanced, hopefully. Hence the name, Balanced Earth. well that was partly also we were trying to create balance for ourselves Mm. in 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 what we wanted to create and i must say we didn't really achieve it for the first five years (laughs) i feel now we're reaching that point where we've got a little bit more balance um you know you you struggle for years just trying to pay the bills and keep convince everyone to do hemp houses and everyone thinks you're mad now we've got people wanting it and coming and saying i've seen this this is this is amazing why is no one and then you can educate and they're open Mm. um so i feel the balance is coming back a little bit more which is exciting yeah nice well i i can totally see how what you're talking about opens a opens a door in our mentality you know Mm. a door there's a pun um but around when we when we build it when we consider our house or our home or our shelter or our place where we spend our time as part of a natural system and how we how it and we interact with yeah. that natural system i can see how we go could go through that process and then when we finish it's opened a, a new i guess way of seeing the world yeah and go well i've just done that i've just kind of stepped out of the standardized normal Box, and yeah. done something quite unique and connected to nature what else is out there? Yeah. You know, I, th- I, have, yeah. I can imagine that would open up your thinking and paradigms to other industries, yeah. other ways of living, uh, just even as a consumer. Yeah. As to, well, hang on, I've just done that. What else can I do? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you start questioning in everything, and you always start within your industry and ours is the design and build industry, you can see all other industries and start to question them. Mm. I mean, it never stops the questioning, I guess. Mm. And... um and I think that's an important part of being um, being alive at, the, at this present moment, just questioning what's happening around us and then trying to find and navigate the right choices. But for me personally, you always come back, you always come back to, you know, natural things, mm. uh, natural materials, 
being out in the open air you know they cure most things mm. and they usually have the answers for us if we can if we can look if we can look close enough and be present enough to see it all yeah I agree. I mean, I've said this on the podcast previous times, and like my role has, you know, been in the, in the sustainability field. Um, we we can get too focused on a technological solution or mm. a, or, or a number, yeah. you know, um, particularly around climate and this many parts per billion. And of course, the portion of climate in our atmosphere is important. Yeah. However. You know, we've also got to look at the natural systems of the world. We can't just say, oh, well, if we reduce that number, we're sweet. Yeah. Because we could still be deforesting land. We could still be going through yeah. open pit coal mines. We could. So I'm with you and I, I, I'm just... I'm actually quite gutted that I built my house two years ago before really fully <laughs> learning about that. Well, that's that great that you did because now you yeah. know what you did and what you could do. Yes. I mean, I think just building full stop is the yeah. best education. I mean, I, I finished school at 16 and went straight into an architect's office and was building projects and managing projects from 16. And I always thought that was a bit of a hindrance to understand too much about the building industry. But actually, you get to trial and error so many things, and it's the only real way you learn. Mm. I mean, we are researching and developing trial and erroring all the time, and that's, you know, it's a certain type of brave ma- uh, mindset to do that. But once you do it, it's just boring unless you do, mm. you know. Um, and so, you get a few gut feels on that after a while, yeah. and then you trust your instinct. Um you know, and the reality was building, if you get it wrong, you can always rip it down and push that through and punch that through and strip the cladding and put a hand pull there. Yeah. Can't really go too far wrong. Um, but at least you're experimenting mm. and you're testing those things out in the real space. Yeah. Um, so what's what's next for Balanced Earth? What do you, I mean, you mm. guys are, are growing. Are you still looking to, are you, are you doing different styles of homes? Are you mm. going bigger? Like what, what are you guys focusing on in the future? It's very important for us to be doing both small projects, affordable housing solutions, as well as doing the top end million dollar houses, two or three million dollar houses, both represent an opportunity to share better ways of doing things with the world. Mm. And so um, we don't pigeon us house, uh, pigeonhole ourselves too much. You know, we're doing a 300, 300 grand um, hemp house in Tallerwood small two-bedroom and we're doing a two million dollar nice house with pool and all the rest of it both using the same principles both using the same pallets of materials very different budgets and um both need solutions in the world Mm. we can't continue to build you know the largest houses in the world that are really energy inefficient with three media rooms you know we can't keep building spec homes that cost a thousand bucks a square meter and go moldy within a, in a year or two that are making people sick so i think we have a responsibility to do all of that so we are pushing in all of those areas mm. um would like to do um look at prefabricated systems i think that's really important um we'd like to be able to produce blocks and panels that people can actually buy and build their own hemp houses mm. um in kit set would cool. be would be something for the future you can get some efficiencies uh in and around that we built so many cabin type things it's like begging for us to do a balanced earth cabin prefabricated um with a little book lot on how you can put it together oh cool bit better quality yeah. than ikea but you know along <laughs> that idea um and um we've recently launched balanced earth architects out of the building company i see an opportunity for us to be able to design and share the knowledge we've got with a greater audience than just 
Byronshire and Tweedshire and Ballina. Mm. We can only build within a couple of hours, but we can certainly design all over the world mm. and have a better impact and share the knowledge we've got and collaborate with builders in those areas. So we're often educating architects, explaining to them, you know, this is how you'd build with hemp. This is should bring them a sample, render it for them, show them different finishes. Um, and we're contacting, we've got clients out in Queensland and South Australia and Perth and, and you know, some of those other more conservative places you know like like it was here six years ago um trailblazing and trying to explain and upsell and tell them why and how you do it mm. try and show them as examples and then if they can do one and someone else can see it and it slowly spreads so that's probably the future mm. uh, love of it. what we're looking at i love it well i said to you before we hit record we're actually looking my wife and i are looking sometime next year to move and buy a big block land so right. you'll be my first call <laughs> right well let's plant the hemp before you start yes. the build yes just before the rain arrives then nature can do all the work for you <laughs> the challenge that i see is in the processing so we really want to get enough people ordering and buying and building with it and and using it for various other um functions so that there's a critical mass so that the machinery becomes cost effective and we could get a mobile decorticator and it could shift around the places and it would still be a viable business mm. um, so that it can chop process harvest and then it can be used even more locally yeah well wow. at the moment the model is to support those farmers in various co-ops which is working really well mm -hmm. um, new co-op in um, tasmania and has started recently that they did a bit of crowdfunding for for the machinery and they're selling all of their hemp locally you know you wow. kind of have to a bit chicken and egg but um for sure let's get as many projects as we can going in this region and then get some machinery locally and then we can really start taking over this uh, shire with hemp houses yes i love it i love it so if people want to find out more about balanced earth obviously you got social media yeah and some videos yes like balanced earth building is our building company and that's found on balancedearth.com online mm -hmm. instagram you can find us on facebook um, we're always doing workshops we're always doing educational programs as i say we've launched the design company now so um we can provide solutions from right at the beginning early ideas and concepts through mm. to finishing them uh, awesome. and projects and delivering the key so yeah you'll find us out there if you look hard enough cool well michael i'm conscious of your time i could talk to you all day about all sorts of things and so maybe we'll do it again we definitely should <laughs> this took a while to get together but um i think it's only moments like this you kind of can crystallize a few of the things you've learned and try and put your finger on what what's been successful and what you can do and then what you can do from here onwards mm. um because it's about having a positive influence and an impact out there on as many as we can to start to shift and change the world to be the place that we want it to be and things like this and broadcasting messages and images are a really great platform that I see so I was keen to talk to you keen to sit down and share ideas and hopefully we'll get on the tools together soon at yours yes love it mate thanks again pleasure and, yeah, mate we'll cross paths again soon thanks James cheers see you mate